For the month of October in 2016, I worked at Party City as a seasonal job. It was pretty hectic for the Halloween season, obviously. I got stuck with the night shifts on weekdays since I didn't have early classes. The location I worked at changed its closing hours on weeknights to 11pm during the Halloween season. My shift would start usually at 5 and I'd work till close. The rush would die after 9, and after 10 there would hardly be anyone left in the store, especially on weekdays. On my shift on the day in question, I started work at what was referred to as a costume grabber. I would be told on walkie-talkie what costume and what size to grab so that I could hand it to the customer and they could try it on. After it quieted down and later on in my shift, I was told to start cleaning up the aisles, restocking, and bringing stuff either up from or down to the basement. That got tiring quickly because it was a lot of walking up and down stairs. Past 10, there were only about four of us still working. A girl named Maria working the cash register, Kyle cleaning aisles and stocking shelves, Ashley the supervisor for the night, and then me doing the back and forth basement work. The basement was at least connected straight to the upstairs costume storage room, so it wasn't a super long walk from the basement. I took a 10 minute breather, then went to continue lugging boxes from the basement up to the costume storage room. The lights of the basement had been turned off by someone. I figured Ashley. I flipped the light switch back on and down into the basement I went. As I was lifting a box of girls costumes, I heard something fall on the other side of the basement. Not to make you think this basement was really big, it was just one big circle full of boxes with a big shelf in the middle. I put down the box I was holding and slowly peered my head around the shelf. There was someone in a white hooded robe costume with a scary monster mask. Of course I jumped back at first, then I laughed, saying you got me. Whichever of my co-workers was in the costume didn't speak though, they just tilted their head to the side a bit, as if they were still messing with me. I had a feeling it was Ashley at first, even though she would supervise some nights, she was a clown. But then I realized this person was way too tall to be Ashley, so it had to be Kyle. I tried approaching him to remove the mask, he just backed away from me though. Then I looked down at the boots on his shoes, the dirty, heavy work boots that I knew for a fact Kyle wasn't wearing. I started getting the shivers. I went back up the stairs without running to avoid suspicion. I shut the basement door and went straight to Ashley, who was talking to Maria by the register. I asked where's Kyle, and he literally called what's up from a nearby aisle. That's when panic set in. I asked if there was anyone else working that night. She said everyone went home, so I told her someone was in the basement in a costume who didn't belong there. Kyle and Ashley came with me to the basement so I could prove it to them, but like any cliche horror scenario, whoever was down there was gone. There was a back exit in the upstairs costume room for unloading truck shipments. It was possible the intruder exited through there. Ashley sped through the security footage of the past hour and didn't see anyone enter the costume room except for me but there wasn't a camera in the basement or the actual costume room itself to check that. Part of me felt like it was a prank, and that if I went back down there, I'd find the person in the costume again. But my job was my job, and I had to get back down there to continue stocking the costume room. When I got back down there, I once again picked up the box of girl costumes I originally was trying to bring up, got it to the stairs, and stopped because I thought I may have heard the noise of a small plastic bag being slightly crumpled. Of course, I didn't want to stay down there to find out alone. I wasn't getting paid enough. 
My shift was almost over, so I lugged the heavy box up the stairs, dropped it in the costume room, and went back to the doorway of the basement to shut off the light. Before I did, I looked down the staircase, and at the bottom was that person in the white robe costume again, only this time minus the mask. I saw his face, his smiling face looking up at me. I slammed the door shut and ran out to Ashley and the rest, screaming for help. They came as fast as they could to the costume room, but the back exit door inside was wide open, as was the basement door. This time, for real, he was gone. The one camera on the outside delivery area didn't even catch him. I don't really know if that intruder managed to steal anything other than the costume he was wearing. For all I know, it could have been just one big Halloween prank, or he might have been in there looking to actually hurt someone. For all I knew, it was an armed robber though, and I treated the situation as though my life were in danger. My favorite month has always been October. It's that sweet spot temperature-wise. It's never too hot and never too cold. All the leaves start turning orange and brown and you just get that nice, refreshing October breeze. My friends and I always used to like to rake up the leaves into a big pile and have wrestling matches in them when we were young, like from the ages of 9 to 12. I think when we were about 10 or 11, it was towards the end of October and a lot of the leaves had already fallen off the trees. Since my property was the biggest, my friends Liam and Billy were helping me rake up the leaves on my property into a giant pile. It was a cloudy, windy day getting a little late. The house we lived in at the time was a corner house with a huge space on the side next to the sidewalk, which ran into a short dead-end street with only two houses in it, one of which owned by an old stoner couple who didn't care about anything, and across the street from that was a small, disheveled house, whose owner never seemed to come outside. So this allowed us to be louder and more obnoxious without worry of a lot of neighbors watching or caring. We wrestled around for probably half an hour, then we went inside after getting tired to have a snack and play video games. The two of them wanted to go back outside for a nighttime triple threat match in the leaves again. That's what we called our wrestling matches, we always acted like we were in the WWE. When we got back out there, it was almost completely dark, but a street light that stood in the dead end lit up this side of our property so we could see enough. It seemed as though there were a lot less leaves in the pile right off the bat this time. We tried wrestling a little more, but the pile just spread too far, so we had to grab the rakes and start building the pile again. Liam noticed a long, oddly shaped pile that we didn't notice from before. He went over to start raking it over to our main pile, but he seemed to be having trouble. He shouted, there's something under the leaves. We came over to help him brush some of the leaves off whatever was underneath. And all of us screamed when we realized there was a grown man hiding underneath the pile. We stepped back and looked at each other, and then back at him. We didn't know whether to laugh or not, like was he playing some kind of early Halloween prank on us? The man's face was not yet exposed. Liam and I dared Billy to go expose the man's face. He walked up to the body on the floor slowly, looked back at us, and started lightly kicking the leaves away from where the person's face would be. As he kicked, he realized the body was hollow and hard, and there was no face or head. It was a fake body that someone planted there, some kind of prank. But who placed it there? Well, that question was quickly answered when we noticed someone hiding in my bush right behind the pile. 
We yelled, we see you, to the man hiding in the bushes, and he came out laughing, exclaiming how he got us so good. But this man was older. He looked 60, and he looked scary and gross. Huge, bulging eyes, crooked teeth, and he was breathing very heavily. He said he'd planted that fake body there because he always watches us play in the leaves and thought it would be funny. That creeped me out, though, how he said he always watches us play in the leaves. Liam tried being nice, but I thought the man was weird, so I said, come on guys, let's go inside, and we left the man there. I told my dad, and he went outside to check, but the man had already moved the fake body by then. We played video games the rest of the night, all having agreed that guy was a freak. My friends eventually left, and soon after, I went to my room. I had my window open as usual to get a breeze into my room. I was watching TV when I heard a man's voice at my window. I jumped and looked up at the window, but I couldn't see who it was. The voice said, I didn't mean to creep you out earlier. I live in the house across the street over there, and I like watching you kids play in the leaves. I was in shock, hearing a stranger's voice outside my window. I continued looking at the window, and eventually the familiar face of that freako from earlier came into view. He reached his arm under my window and pushed it up further as he attempted to climb into my window. When he realized he couldn't fit, it seemed he started to try to reach for me. I screamed for my dad and ran upstairs to his room. I tugged him out of his bed and led him to my window. The man was already gone, but I told him he lived in the house across the street in the dead end. My dad charged over to the house with me, banged on the door, but the man didn't answer. So my dad called the cops. And when they came, he took me back to the house with the police. And this time with the police, the man opened the front door, and it was in fact the same man. I was too young to be able to tell, but the police and my dad picked up on it right away that he was on something. Likely crystal meth is what my dad says. I remember looking into the house from the doorway and seeing that it was an absolute pigsty. Thinking back now, it would fit the description for the home of a meth head perfectly, all those years living there, we were none the wiser that there was a creepy meth head living in that disheveled house, apparently watching my friends and I as we would play. This past October, I was talking to this girl I met at a party a month prior. For the purpose of this story, she'll be named Nikki. We had been talking and hanging out like once a week for a few weeks. She wanted to do a bunch of October activities, so I came up with the idea that we go apple picking. She loved it. So we hopped in the car to take a trip to the nearest apple picking orchard, which was about a half hour drive away, out of the suburbs to the more rural part of the area. We live in Jersey, so there's an abundance of places to go, but I let her pick where. It said we were still about 20 minutes away, and we were driving down a scenic road with little to no traffic. We actually passed what appeared to be another apple orchard, so we turned down this dirt road up to a small wooden farm-like house, but there were no cars, no people, not even a little stand where people would go to pay to enter. It seemed it wasn't open for business, or maybe it just wasn't open to the public at all. The house was very poorly kept, it almost looked as though nobody lived there. As we walked around the property, Nikki said she felt uncomfortable. So we got back in the car and continued the route to the originally planned destination. However, when we got there, this one was also void of people, though this one at least had a closed sign at the stand. 
I told her what if we went back to that first orchard that looked almost abandoned and just go picking there. We'd have the whole place to ourselves. At first she was hesitant, but I convinced her. So I drove us back and found a low-key place to park on the grass by the woods. We walked through the crushing leaves on the dirt path. If we were trying to be discreet, that was out the window. There was a little wooden fence we had to hop, but it was easy. Once inside, we were hidden by the symmetrical rows of thick apple trees, but our feet were also covered in tall grass up to our shins. We started walking down the row of trees, filling the plastic bags we brought from my car with the best apples we could find, though admittedly there weren't many. There was a certain thrill in doing this, knowing we weren't supposed to. We had some fun with it. I would start launching apples up in the air, and then I would start pretending like I was going to throw apples at Nikki, and she started screaming, running off, telling me to stop. She cut through a couple trees to another row, and when I got to the other side, I didn't see her. Where are you? I said. She called back, I'm picking my own apples, and she actually sounded like she was a few rows over. I apologized, laughing, telling her I'd stop, but she didn't answer. I spent a few minutes trying to find her, and suddenly an apple landed right in front of me, which had been tossed from one of the rows nearby. Then another one landed close by. I yelled stop because I was actually afraid of getting hit in the head. I ran through a couple trees, and each row I'd pass, I'd look left and right trying to find Nikki. I went down this row and went through the first couple of trees I could fit through to get to the next side. I looked left, and I actually felt like my heart launched up into my throat, because there was some guy, a young guy like 18 or 19 year old, with long black hair to his shoulder, standing in the center of the row, maybe five trees away from me. It looked like he had a slight smirk on his face. He didn't move, so I did. I squeezed through to the next row and then the next. Then Nikki called my phone. I picked up in a hurry and whispered, where are you? She sounded like she was in a panic. She said into the phone there was a creepy guy following her around. She tried talking to him, but he wouldn't say anything, and he looked like he wanted to hurt her, and her description of him matched the guy I just saw. I told her to meet me back at the car. I ran the way back, and Nikki was already waiting at the car. We stopped to discuss what just happened, but Nikki yelled, there he is, and pointed in front of us. I looked, and I could see him. He was half hidden by an apple tree, could only see his left arm, left leg, and half his face. The way he was just creepily spying on us, I had to get us away. I did a three-point turn off the grass onto the dirt road. We passed the decrepit barn-like house and got back on the road. We talked over possibilities. Maybe he lived there. We passed by a fruit stand on the side of the road with a few people working on it. Nikki and I lost our apple bags, so we figured we'd at least stop here. We picked up some apples and berries, and I just had to ask them about the apple orchard down the road. The two ladies working the fruit stand proclaimed nobody should ever go anywhere near there. The owner's son had killed his girlfriend and then disappeared. Her body was found near the orchard in the forest. The dad still owns the orchard to this day, but he hardly ever returns and doesn't keep up with the police. We practically jumped in their faces as we asked them to describe the son, but they had never seen him and don't know anything about him. I admitted to them that we went apple picking on the property and some creepy young man was following us. The two women said that it was best that we got out of there when we did. They also kind of scolded us for not calling the police. However, one of the ladies said she was going to warn the police. 
On the drive home, as Nikki spoke to me about it, everything she said really went in one ear and out the other, because I really thought to myself, did we actually run face to face with a missing murderer in an apple orchard? I still get chills, wondering if that guy is still out there, in that orchard, 